You're listening to Talkin' Music on KVNF. I'm your host, Taya J, and today I'm joined in the studio by Colorado-based singer-songwriter Emily Scott Robinson. Emily, thank you for being here. Thank you, Taya. I'm so happy to be back in Paonia and here on KVNF and this awesome little radio station. I love it. Well, we are very happy to have you. Thank you. Your newest album, titled American Siren, was released by Oh Boy Records in October of 2021. Talk to me a little bit about the process of creating and releasing this album. So I um, wrote the majority of these songs um, over the pan over the course of the um, pandemic when I was off the road, um, and you know, I mean, we were all kind of excavating like deep things about ourselves during that time, and so this is like a really deeply personal record. Um, I always think it's funny when musicians say that as if any record could not be deeply personal. Um, but this one was a really like, it's a little bit darker than my last record and um, a little more exploratory. Uh, I recorded it in Asheville, North Carolina um, with an awesome team of musicians. And, uh, you know, it was also, it was hard to record because it was in the middle of COVID. And so we had to kind of take a lot of extra precautions. And, and it also felt like, not only did I feel this way, but I felt like all the musicians felt like we were all sort of emerging from this hibernation, coming out, sort of looking at the new world, going like, you know, it took us a while to get comfortable just like being in the studio and playing. And, um, but it was a really, uh, amazing process. And, uh, it was, it was tough to find ways to produce some of these songs and to know kind of exactly I, I sort of have this feeling that the songs themselves have a way that they want to go and that our job as artists and producers is to, f- is to listen deeply to the song and to sort of find what is there within the song and like let the song lead the way. And so it was a really kind of intuitive and collaborative production process. Um, you know, rather than coming in and going, I want this to sound straight country, you know, it's more like we're finding our way with each song. And so it was a little bit of a journey. And um, so it made it a tougher experience, but also, I think a lot more uh, organic. And uh, so I just, oh my gosh, the album came out last October. And um, I just got it, like a ton of really exciting affirmation from the world that people loved it and connected with it. Um, the biggest and most important affirmation for me is always, um, how does it feel when I play this songs to an audience? You know, does it feel like we are all being connected by these stories? And it has been in like, almost like lightning really in a room. Every time I, I play the songs off of this record, it just feels very powerful. Um, and so the performances and the shows and the audience connection has been really strong. So I have not really taken a moment of this for granted. It's been an amazing year. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. So this is your third album. You released yeah. your very first album, Magnolia Queen, in 2016, yeah. and your second album, Traveling Mercies, in 2019. I'm wondering, do you return to those albums to check in with the version of yourself that you were as an artist when you created them? Yeah. um, You know, the kind of remarkable thing actually about my first two records is that I can go back and listen to them and and still listen to them. Like, I think that a lot of artists, when you when you make your work, um, it's it can be a little bit hard for people to go back and see their work or listen to their work or read it or whatever. Um, And for me, 
actually, when I go back and listen to these records, I'm sort of shocked by the like maturity of the writing and the quality of the production. I'm really, really, really happy with them. And I'm still so proud of them, which I just take to be a real gift that I feel that way about my early work. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm kind of in awe that I, I think one pitfall that young musicians can fall into and that I could have fallen into with Magnolia Queen, my first record, is, you know, I could have tried to produce it in these big ways. But I luckily, I had, it's really a demo record. It's not even really mastered. It's like fake mastered. Um, and um, basically, I won some studio time in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I was living at the time. And I won eight hours of studio time in this co music competition. And the engineer who was running the studio that night just had the good sense to stick me in front of a microphone and just tell me to play my songs and to just kind of engineer them in a nice way rather than telling a young artist what many young artists don't know or have the like compass or the internal sort of compass to know how songs should be like you know I could have fallen into the hands of somebody who was like all right let's like produce the crap out of this and do all kinds of crazy things and he was like no, 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 no. What you do is you play guitar and sing and you have stories that really shine and a voice that really shines. And so that first record, Magnolia Queen, is like, those are the songs I, f I really did fight so hard to write. They were my first songs. It was, um, they, they took a long time to write when I was first starting out. And so, um, yeah, I'm really proud of those. And then Traveling Mercies is my first record I ever made in the studio. I did it in Nashville. And I had this just, I lucked into this crazy band, this great group of musicians and wonderful producer. And um, it was so easy to make. And um, I just like, I go back and listen and I'm like, I'm super proud of these records. Yeah. What a remarkable thing. I know. It really is remarkable. <laughs> there's, this great, um, there's this great Joan Didion quote that I always return to. She says, we're well advised to keep on nodding terms with the people we used to be, whether we find them attractive company or not. Oh, I love that quote. Oh, oh my gosh. I, <laughs> um, Yeah, absolutely. I have to agree with, with Joan on that one. So you are here in the studio today live with your guitar yeah. and in front of a microphone. Do you want to go ahead and share a song with us today? I would love to. Thank okay, you. this song is um, the first track off the record. It's called Old Gods. <clears throat> Carry my prayers on the ocean. Carry my prayers on the sea. If you are meant to be mine, love, one day you'll come home to me. And are you a trick of the memory that the old gods are playing on me? Carry my prayers on the ocean, carry my prayers on the sea. Your blue eyes are there when I close mine. I see your sweet face when I dream. My heart is all ragged in pieces, bleeding at every scene. And are you a trick of the memory that the old gods are playing on me? Carry my prayers on the ocean. Carry my prayers on the 
I'm down on my knees at a crossing, wondering which way to go. And all roads are dark through the valley, and I'll learn to walk them alone. And are you a trick of the memory that the old gods are playing on me? Carry my prayers on the ocean. Carry my prayers on the sea. No one and no song can soothe me. I'm pierced by the arrows of pain. I'll lay in the grass by the mountain and summon the wind and the rain. And are you a trick of the memory that the old gods are playing on me? Carry my prayers on the ocean. Carry my prayers on the sea. Carry my prayers on the ocean. Carry my prayers on the sea. We just heard Old Gods, written and performed by Emily Scott Robinson off of her brand new album, American Siren. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to KVNF. I'm Taya J, and we're joined in the studio today by Emily. The title of your mm. album is American Siren, and I've heard you talk a little bit about this idea that each of the songs have a siren-like quality. Yeah. Will you say more about that? Yeah, so um, I actually, a, a friend of mine like referred to me by this, was like, you're an American siren. And I was like, oh my God, that's the coolest thing that anyone has ever said to me I'm totally gonna jack that and use it as an album title I was like I in that moment it just hit me and I was like that's it that's the name so um I was exploring the idea of siren songs right and so so, uh the essentially like the call of things in our lives or in our hearts that we can't resist or that we hear and they're calling to us And also the songs that we are singing out, like into the void, calling in our desires and our dreams. And so this record kind of plays on that. Every song has, um, no, maybe not everyone, but most of them have this some aspect of a call that must be heeded um, or a call that's being sung out. And so like... That song in particular, Old Gods, is probably the most siren-like in, in like the typical form. On the record, it's a three-part harmony. It's all women, so it's very siren-y. <laughs> and it's this woman who's like calling out to her lover, calling him home across the ocean, you know. Um, and so it's got a very like, <clears throat> it reminds me a little of like the Odyssey. Um, I'm thinking of like the Aegean Sea um, when, I, when I hear that song. You know, in each of your songs, you weave these stories that explore the complexities and the contradictions of being a woman, especially yeah. um, desire, longing, self-discovery, claiming of your own power. Yeah. Um, and that's just such an amazing, it makes for an amazing body of work because I think you can relate to it. You can connect with it on an individual basis. And one of the things I find so masterful about your work is how you write songs that feel both 
so personal and singular, like you could have written it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they're also these beautiful narratives that speak to the collective experience of being a woman. And I wonder, how do you find a balance between telling true and personal stories mm-hmm. and crafting stories that allow people to to form their own relationship with it, to have their own <laughs> response? Well, I thank you, by the way. That is like the most beautiful series of adjectives anyone has strung together to me about my writing. And, and a, particularly about the... Like, this is a record that really, really explores the experience of being a woman and, like, breaking through um, things that, you know, like, um, ways in which you're raised and, like, cultural norms and and sort of, like, yeah, it's about, like, um, death, death, transformation, death, rebirth, like, all of this is, like, in the record. Um, I have found, like, two things. One is that... There's this phrase in writing, I don't know who to attribute it to, but it's a thing I think about a lot. It's the idea of the universality of detail. And it's that if you try to write a song that feels universal, you'll actually write a song that says absolutely nothing, that is like so vague that it doesn't have any sort of grounding in real personal experience. And I have found that the songs that people connect to the very most are songs with a lot of physical detail and often songs with characters, sung in character voices, like even if it's not your life or your experience, you feel as if you are so connected, like you could be, this song is about you. And so <clears throat> I I do a lot of like sort of character work of trying to get to know who is the singer in the song. And and um, this is something I learned a little bit from Anne Lamott's book, Bird by Bird, um, where she talks about writing characters and knowing knowing how your character thinks and how they see the world and and how they voted in the last election, what they ate for breakfast, whatever it is, knowing your character so that when you step in to write from their perspective, it's so real and it's so alive. I find sometimes that if I'm trying to express like a difficult or complicated experience in my own life, it's much easier to couch it in the story of a character of another person, which is like what I've done uh, in a lot of my songs. And so... You know, um, it's it's a bit of like an easy thing to sort of hide behind so that it's deeply personal and vulnerable and I can convey that emotional truth. But the actual details of the song may not be my personal truth. Um, I had a teacher one time say, don't let don't let the facts get in the way of the truth. Right. And what this is, is about conveying like the deepest emotional truth through the song. And you may change the story or you may write that emotional truth into another story, but that truth will still be conveyed. This next song I'm going to play is one about my cousin who is a um, veteran of Afghanistan. He was an army ranger. Um, He died by suicide two and a half years ago um, and leaving behind a wife and three children. And that was like such a, it was the greatest loss like our family has ever gone through. And I was very close to him growing up. And um, there's like just not a way to write a silver lining into that kind of loss. And one way that I handled writing about this was I wrote the song because I knew I needed to write it and I needed to tell the story. But I actually like went to each of his immediate family members and share the song with them um, first and like 
asked for their consent to share the story um, because this is like such a like a difficult topic. And um, sometimes people aren't comfortable being open about the cause of death when there's suicide. My family was very open about that. Um, My cousin James's immediate family, his wife, they spent a lot of time talking about mental health and um, and trauma and PTSD and suicide. And so when I understood kind of when I took the temperature of my immediate family and of those who are closest to him, I felt like it was okay to write about this and to share it because I didn't want to re-traumatize everybody. But I, it also felt like a, a greater mission to share this kind of story so that people who struggle with, um, with staying alive felt less alone and particularly people who have lost loved ones to suicide um, and who have loved ones who have served in active combat. This is a song that feels like an act of service for me to share. So this one is called Hometown Hero. You should be with us now. You should be here. We should be sitting by the fire on our second round of beer. We open the whiskey, we're out back in the shop. We're raising our glass to you, still numb from the shock. Cause you're the only one who's a missing, and it doesn't feel right. You should be tucking in your baby girl. Kissing her goodnight And your son is full of questions about how Daddy got to heaven I never thought you'd go this way You were only 27 Our hometown heroes in the news today The flags are flying sound of trumpet playing taps you went to Afghanistan you were only 19 and you never talked much about the things that you'd see you came back to your hometown to start a new life had a couple of babies beautiful wife but the demons that you lived with you hid well we never saw the guns that you kept loaded and the patches in the wall she was in the kitchen making lunches and the kids were in their beds and in a flash we lost you to the war inside
awesome sound of trumpet playing taps And a father should never have to bury his own son He throws a shovel full of dirt down And we follow one by one And your kids are gonna grow How you could love someone and leave them in hell. Both things could be true. Our hometown heroes in the news today. The flags are flying at half a mast. We buried you on a clear sound of trumpet playing taps to the lonesome sound of trumpet playing taps that beautiful song was hometown hero by emily scott robinson thank you for sharing that you're welcome i feel like we have to talk about vulnerability a yeah. little bit. And yeah. forgive me if this is a subject that's been over talked about no, in your interviews. Not at all. But I think that there's something mm-hmm. so courageous and inspiring about watching someone show up as their honest and unblemished self as yeah. an artist. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, does the tone of your performance change depending on where and to whom you're playing? Yeah, I so like um this is not overly talked about in my interviews. The I mean m- a lot of my interviews aren't kind of this like thoughtful or deep. Um and so thank you. Um and this is also one of my favorite topics because it kind of goes into my like my thesis on performing and what it means to be a performer. Um and I was talking to a friend who's also a musician about this the other night. Um, I think our idea of a performer on a stage is that you get up on stage and it's all about you and you like want to look good and sound perfect and all of this. And you're sort of wanting eyes on you. Um, and, (laughs) and this is like a young, this is sort of like an immature way of thinking about performing, um, is seeking approval and seeking love and adoration. Um, And there is something really profound that happens when you turn that paradigm around and you go, "Um, I am on this stage to see you all, to see the audience. What we don't realize is that the audience is there. They're listening to your songs. They're there to see you because they want to be seen in their humanity and recognized. Um, And... um, and that actually being on stage is a customer service job. <laughs> it is not about me being perfect. It is about me being human. Because um, I think one thing I've realized is that something that I love about performers, I love seeing the performers I love stripped down. I love seeing them acoustic. I love them when I see them laugh at themselves or make a little mistake or forget a lyric and start over like it's these moments when I see somebody I adore being human that I go, oh my God, I also have permission to be human. 
like, you know, like coming in here, I was like, oh my God, I'm so tired from this drive. I have a, you guys gave me coffee and green tea sitting in front of me. Um, and, um, I found that the recordings I love the most are recordings with small imperfections. Actually, in this last song, Hometown Hero, when we recorded it, I was all, um, I was almost in tears at the very end. And there's like a there's like a break in my voice, which you may not hear it if you don't know my voice, but I can hear it. And it's like when we break open, that's what's beautiful. Like full stop. That's what is beautiful. And so when I'm performing my my desire and my like way that I go out on stage is like I'm I'm there to witness the audience and we are all here to like witness each other in our humanity um and it and vulnerability is the magic it's the special sauce and it takes getting comfortable being vulnerable on stage this is not something that performers are really taught and I think that this is what makes what I do pretty special um, and different is like, I just, I'm having conversations with the audience every night. Um, and, and they are, I've become so much more, this, this took practice. This took just like hours and hours of performance under my belt, but I, I'm very open and I am able to sort of improvise moment to moment. I'll write a set list and then I'll totally mess with it throughout the set as I'm feeling the night and the audience. Um, and yeah, so to me, vulnerability um, and being just human and sharing our like sharing the cracks in our facade is what makes music powerful. It's what makes the human connection powerful. Yeah, yeah it's so beautiful. And I have to say, when you perform, you are absolutely open. I would encourage all of our listeners, if you get the chance find a way to see Emily Scott Robinson perform because you are so genuine and so present and such the epitome of, of a storyteller up on stage. And it's really, truly a blessing to, to witness. And I would also encourage our listeners to spend some time with your new album, American Siren. Listen for the voices and the stories of the women and the folks that inspired it. Those stories coming to life um, is really a beautiful a beautiful thing and it's an incredible accomplishment so congratulations do you want to take us out on one last song yeah awesome this is my this is my favorite song off the record actually it's the one i keep returning to um it's called everyday in faith everyday in faith i came everyday in faith and by some miracle beyond me I found my way Cause every day in faith I came Some lessons they were hard to learn Some lessons hard to learn But I thank my darkest teachers for the scars that I have earned Some lessons they were hard to learn If I'd 
pack my bags and go If I'd seen the hills and valleys on the road I love you and I swear I'll always will I love you and I swear I always will I see you cross a crowded room my heart it quickens still I love you and I swear I always will Cause every day in faith I came By some miracle beyond me, I found my way. Cause every day in faith I came. Every day in faith I came. You've been listening to Talking Music on KVNF. I'm Taya J. To listen to more of Emily Scott Robinson's new album, American Siren, visit her website, emilyscottrobinson.com. To listen to more Talking Music programs, visit kvnf.org. Thank you for listening.